Nat, what do you think will happen to the Hubble Space Telescope now that uh, you know the James Webb Space Telescope is launched and is supposed to replace it? Oh man, I'm getting some major like Fukushima Daiichi vibes from the beginning of this episode. <laughs> like we're about to just trash talk Hubble for the next 20 minutes. I mean, technologically speaking, right? So I don't I don't know much about actually astrophysics stuff, right? Like we get we got a degree in physics, but there was like a whole other astrophysics thing and I took one astronomy class. So I'm going to go off my expert knowledge here and say technologically, the Hubble feels like it's kind of obsolete now. So I figured they'd like stop investing time and money and resources into like keeping it running and doing stuff unless someone's you know, unless someone like can't get time on James Webb and they're like, okay, I guess I'll settle for Hubble. But like, you also can't just like decommission it and let it chill up there because of Kessler syndrome, right? You get a bunch of garbage up in space and all of a sudden we're going to be locked on earth. So you either crash it back on earth or shoot it into the sun or have it just like exist in the background. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Uh, even though uh, Hubble won't be as good as James Webb, it's still going to be useful if you can't get time on James Webb. <laughs> right, yeah, this feels like the, I couldn't get time on the supercomputer to run my code, so I'm just going to run it on the gateway node and uh, <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> For those of you who aren't familiar with HPC systems, a gateway node is typically where you log in and has no compute resources, and you shouldn't be that person who runs their code there. <laughs> yeah, please don't. <laughs> Quick aside from the HPC committee on not being a jerk. Thank you for the PSA. It's uh, very, very much needed. You actually brought up something else on Kessler syndrome that I'll get into soon. But yeah, you're right. Hubble will essentially be up in low Earth orbit and will stay around for several years until it just comes crashing down to Earth. And I guess if we just let it crash down to Earth would be the time that we decommission it. Yeah, that kind of seems like an appropriate decommission time. It'd be like saying it's time to get a new car when you wrap yours around a tree and it blows up. Like, yeah, I think I could buy a new one now. Yeah, that's about right. So this is probably going to be our fourth satellite episode. We did one on, as you said, Kessler syndrome, GPS, and the Van Allen belt. So here's the fourth one. I wanted to talk specifically about or what we do once satellites are just too old to function. Since, as you said, we can't exactly just leave it there. Yeah, you can't just leave it there. So I don't know. You might get into this. For those of you who heard about Kessler stuff before on the show, which if you haven't, check out those episodes because they're cool. Basically, like garbage in space doesn't just like vanish right it hangs out in orbit like there's the moon that orbits the earth because of you know gravitational pull and whatnot garbage does it too and it turns out orbit speed is like really fast so if you try to fly a spaceship through a field of garbage it's not like when you drive down the highway and a rock bounces off your windshield it's more like that rock's going several hundred miles per hour and will rip your car in half if you hit it yeah even the tiniest rock it will do a lot of damage yeah so like you can't just leave the satellite there but at the same time like it's ex it's got to be expensive to keep hubble going oh yeah like it's sure. like you've got people in i mean i'm just picturing you know your stereotypic mission control in a movie right i mean that's a room full of people who probably have good degrees that sounds expensive well getting into what happens to hubble it's, it's in low Earth orbit, uh, so that means it's about 2,000 kilometers or 1,200 miles above the surface. And let me just show you an SVG comparing the altitude of each of these orbits that I'll be talking about. 
I'll have this on our Twitter as well, so be sure to follow us at Marbstract. Oh, this is super cool. Yeah, it it's a really good graphic. I, I got it from Wikipedia, and I'm, I'm very impressed with the person that made it. Somebody spent way too much time on this. Like, as a guy who's spent way too much time coding stupid visualizations that maybe three people in the world will ever see or appreciate, someone spent a lot of time on this. And it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Anyway, let's go. Let's talk about this. So uh, from, from this uh, visual, you can see low Earth orbit looks really close to the Earth. And at that point, satellites are low enough that there's some atmosphere around to smack into the satellite, slowing it down slowly over decades. Mm-hmm. That's usually how most low Earth a- 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 satellites meet their end, just by smacking into some atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get some. They start getting wind resistance, right? Like the friction, basically, of the wind slows them down enough that they just eventually teeter into into the Earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. But of course, you don't hear too many stories uh, where a satellite crashes into somebody's backyard. So clearly, this is being done in some controlled manner. I would hope so. Part of me also feels like if you've, I mean, satellites are big, right? Let's let's say at least 100 pounds. 100 pounds going really fast, like how do you actually control that, right? I mean, I feel like how much say do you actually have in where and how a satellite comes back into Earth? That's a great question. So it turns out before the satellite gets up there, they, they have some reaction control thrusters or, or some controlling thrusters with some fuel in there so that whenever they're in their orbit, if there's another satellite, like the ISS, is in its way, you can say, okay, I'm going to move the satellite out of the way so it just, just doesn't hit anything else or some debris or something. Mm, okay, got it. So it's it's got some steering on it. Yeah, okay. it's got some steering. And you're supposed, uh, I guess, some regulations require you to have enough of this fuel to deorbit the satellite, hmm. as I'll talk about. So most of the time, the satellites are small enough that one that they'll just burn up on re-entry in, in the atmosphere, and you don't have to worry about it at all. Oh, so like the satellite wouldn't even make it to the Earth. Like it would just burn up in the atmosphere? Yeah, entirely. God, it's like a built-in garbage disposal. <laughs> it's perfect, really. The atmosphere is just burning things up. Now we just got a little specks of satellite. I guess that's true. It happens with meteors all the time, right? You see like meteor showers, but you don't hear too much about meteors actually like getting close to the earth although the last time that that happened was in russia and that kind of feels like some preemptive karma like i'm just gonna say i hope no one got hurt in that process but like that's some foreshadowing if i've ever seen it yeah uh, it could have been that was the cause of all this (laughs) oh god all right well anyway so satellites (laughs) burn up in orbit we don't have to worry about it but what happens when they don't so, for example, the Hubble, it's really big and dense, so it won't burn up all the way through in the, in the atmosphere. There's a spacecraft cemetery where large satellites go to crash. It's actually what it's called, the spacecraft cemetery. Ten bucks, it's an old Walmart. No, that's what they did with Sears. That's what happened to all those abandoned Sears buildings. Now they're just all good. They're at their target practice for satellites hitting the Earth again. I wonder where they went off to. Like, that explains it. It's in the middle of the South Pacific. It's as far away from inhabited areas as you can get. Huh. So the middle of nowhere. Like literally the middle of nowhere. Like that's as far as you yeah. can get from anything. Man, it sucks to be a whale living in that spot. You're like, man, look at this nice beachfront property. No humans around. 
that's a weird cloud and it's getting closer and all of a sudden i guess the fish have uh, some something nice to enjoy the fish fry turns out uh, there's only about 300 spacecraft in that location so i guess the the seabed is littered with satellites that survived is that is that a thing that people go clean up oh i don't think so i can't imagine that's good for the ocean like i bet those metals they heat up on reentry hot rare earth metals with a bunch of space dust on them going right into the ocean like that kind of feels problematic like that heat shielding's probably 10,000% asbestos and mystery <laughs> chemicals that melt your skin off well that's not our problem that's the fish's problem that sounds like an <laughs> us problem that sounds a little bit like an us problem do people ever go like scuba diving to like collect that stuff Oh, yeah, someone's got it. It would be a fortune to, like, go and clean it up, but, like, I mean, they put gold in in solar panels, right? Like, aren't some of those, like, Probably. real high-end conductive solar panels, got, they have gold in them? I mean, I bet it's, it's like, a, a fortune. You could sell that stuff on the black market like crazy. Or even the not black market. People will buy anything off Craigslist. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure how safe it is, considering satellites are crashing into that area. <laughs> so, just yeah, that's a fair warning. point. Okay, maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe you don't go collect. I'm not saying go collect it, but I'm saying if you have the resources and you're really desperate for cash, there's a spot in the middle of the ocean with probably millions of dollars worth of government property. Yeah, it's a sensitive government property. Possibly oh, yeah. sensitive government property. I, I think they're hoping that bottom of the ocean is a good enough theft deterrent. The, the stereotypical throw it into a pool of lava didn't really work out for them. Exactly. So they had to deal with the ocean. They were short a couple of volcanoes to crash satellites into. For Hubble specifically, NASA actually wanted to recapture it uh, with the space shuttle and bring it back to an exhibit in the Smithsonian. But as you know, the space shuttle is retired, so that's not happening. What, and Elon's not going to come help us out here? No, I'm afraid not. He's, he's too busy with his Starlink, which, well, it's, it's got a few problems too. <sighs> What about, okay, any, let's be realistic here. Every major tech company is going to listen to this podcast at some point because they monitor all data everywhere all the time. All of you tech overlords, somebody save Hubble. One of you just like take one for the team and save Hubble. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it's it's really unfortunate. It's it's such a big in part of astronomy, or it used to be at least, and it's just gonna crash into the ocean into the same place. God, yeah, that's, that's so, like, that's so sad. I mean, some of you might be thinking, like, what's the big deal with Hubble? Like, just Google, like, the stuff we have learned because of Hubble. Like, we've learned so much about space because of the Hubble telescope, and we're just gonna let it crash into the ocean. Yeah, like do you do you remember the deep field view? Uh, yeah, where it just looked at a small piece of the sky for a really long time. Yeah, there's really old galaxies over there. Yeah, somebody, if you're listening to this, go Google that. Go Google it right now and look at that picture and be like, yeah, this is okay. Like, I dare you. I dare you to just be like, yeah, this is okay. That actually brings up uh, another episode I recently we recently recorded on. Why we do physics? Uh, I found that people don't understand. So See, I guess the problem is, is there's like there's both like too much and not enough cool stuff in physics that people either don't care or care way too much. Like everyone knew that one person who was like, "Oh, do you hear they found the Higgs boson?" Like I read 
medium articles. So I'm an expert in physics and I'm super geeked about this particle that I know approximately three things about because I read a Twitter post. So you get that end, right? And then you also get the other end of the spectrum, which is like, that sounds complicated. I failed physics in high school, so I'm good. Like, go do your weird math stuff somewhere. And then you get the actual, like, genuinely cool stuff, like Hubble looking into space and seeing, you know, billions of years into the past. And people are just like, eh, whatever. It's like, no, it's not whatever. That's cool. How many years in the past can you see? Huh? That's what I thought. <laughs> This feels so sad, though, like the quantity of stuff that we have learned from Hubble and letting it crash into the ocean feels like the same thing that would happen if we took all of Khan Academy, put it on a hard drive, deleted all other backups of it, and then hit it with a hammer. That's just insulting. I know, but that's what it feels like to me. It feels like we just took this wealth of knowledge and we're just like, thanks for the lols, bye, and then let it blow up. Yeah, yeah, you're so right. Hopefully they bring it back and we can, you know, put it in a museum somewhere, but I don't know. Ten bucks that Elon Musk's next, like, Tesla conference or whatever, he's going to be like, oh, we added this giant catcher's glove to the Cybertruck so that we can catch the Hubble. And then he'll be like, look, we'll test it. And he'll have a giant glove come out and then a baseball will go directly through it. Like it'll just punch a hole in it and he'll be like, oh, well, try the other glove and then it'll break that one too. On uh, Back to the satellites, as we said previously, the atmospheric drag is what causes orbital decay, but that's not the whole story. I'm not sure if you remember, but back in February, there was a geomagnetic storm that was strong enough to deorbit about 40 Starlink satellites, which is the SpaceX satellites that are trying to give people satellite internet. Do you remember that? I remember reading something that like Tesla's stock or SpaceX, whatever, SpaceX stock tanked because of some like weird space phenomenon or whatever, but I never read into it. Well, um, hearing that story, what, what do you think caused these satellites to deorbit? Okay, so I remember a little bit of E&M, right? So we have a geomagnetic storm, which I'm assuming means Earth has a magnetic field because we have a molten core, right? So maybe there's some like weird sloshing going on in the Earth. The Earth slooshed a bit, right? We get some weird magnetic field somewhere, and uh, we've all played with magnets as kids, right? And turns out metal uh, and magnets tend to attract each other, well, some metals, right? So I'm guessing weird Earth slooshiness turned into satellites have bad day yeah uh that's actually a one big part about it please tell me they use that exact phrasing too <laughs> i really hope that that was the exact report that's the scientific term uh magnetic slushiness uh it turns out that's trademark now here's the story a geomagnetic storm is just a bunch of really energetic stuff that's from the sun going towards the earth and it does something with the Earth's magnetic field, but that's let's not worry about the details. That's a bit too much. Mm -hmm. So the slushiness, that is a big part, but let's not worry about that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Once this stuff hits the upper atmosphere, it gets hotter. And as you know, when, uh, when gases get hotter, it starts to expand. So the upper atmosphere ended up ballooning outward when this storm hit. Oh. This was probably the worst time for the satellites to experience this storm because they were in the middle of being deployed. So they were low in the in their altitude. They were still climbing. 
Yeah, they were still climbing. So they're trying to get into orbit. Meanwhile, the air gets hot and expands and basically is like, oh, no, you don't, and just pulled it back. Yeah, yeah grabs him back. And during the storm, as you mentioned, the slushiness, uh, it, it means that satellites that are being affected by that storm need to shut down for a period of time to prevent any damage to the electronics or whatever. And within that time, the Earth's atmosphere ballooned out and caused an updrag while they were off to uh, to mean that they couldn't actually get out of the atmosphere. Damn, it's literally a perfect storm. Yeah, but the a perfect, perfect magnetic storm. storm. Wow, that's nuts. Poor Elon. Okay, so maybe he's not too found, fond of rescuing satellites at this point because he's just he's the kid who like lost in kickball. And he's like, I'm taking my kickball and going home. Except in this case, he's like, I'm going to take my 40 crash satellites and I'm going to go home. Screw you, Hubble. So that's all low Earth orbit stuff. But then there's the really far away stuff that will take millions of years to deorbit. These are like the Galileos. Oh, the GPS satellites? Yeah, like Galileo GPS. Or are we talking like even lower than, like further than that? Further than that, the geostationary orbits, the really far stuff. Oh, oh, dang, I didn't even see that ring. Okay. Yeah, that's far. Yeah, it is. The The atmosphere does go out a long way, but that stuff's really far out, so it's not feasible to use the atmosphere to slow it down. It's literally like 20,000 times further away than Hubble. Yeah, it's pretty far. That's very, very far away. Imagine you have a geostationary satellite out there... Uh, that reaches the end of its lifetime. How do you think you dispose of it safely without disturbing anything in the surrounding area? Well, I'm guessing based on this image, this thing called a graveyard orbit, it kind of looks like they just say, ooh, you're dying, and just push it a little bit further out. <laughs> yep, yeah, that's it's, it. <laughs> it's like when you start to see some like produce go bad in your fridge so you just push it like a little bit further back so that you don't have to look at it anymore and you're like i know that that's going to be really bad and eventually i'm going to find it and be sad about that but right now it's out of sight so i'm okay with that just push it further away i love why don't we take bikini bottom and push it somewhere else that's literally (laughs) what they did with satellites since it's so far out it's not feasible to crash it back into the earth and it, since it would take a lot of thrust, which it may not have after decades of trying to avoid other satellites in this orbit. So instead, just push it a little bit further out. They're just, they're just like, and then just leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's actually a little more. Um, uh, there's, there's an inclination to this graveyard orbit, so it's not like they're going to always be in the same plane. Oh, I see, I see. Okay. So, oh, Even better, instead of making a band of garbage that we have to avoid when we try to leave Earth's orbit, we make a cloud of garbage really far out. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) You know, we thought it was actually way too dangerous to have one singular region that we had to avoid, so we just put it everywhere. Hey, I'm not judging, right? If I were in the same position, I probably would have made the same decision. But, like, you have the forethought to plan for potentially decades of thruster fuel to avoid collisions. And you don't have the forethought of, like, hey, what happens if we have to leave someday and we need to fly away from this planet? We should maybe not make a minefield. That's where you just push the old produce to the back of the fridge. Yep. just Someone just, else's problem. Man, those carrots are looking real bad now, but I'm not going to throw them away. 
I'm just gonna put those right behind the milk, which is also spoiled. So those are all the responsible ways of getting rid of satellite. Then there's the irresponsible ways that I'm sure you've heard of in the news sometimes. When you when you ask the original question of like, what do we do with old satellites? My first thought was like, you ever blow up Legos as a kid with firecrackers? I bet they do that with satellites. Come on, you're telling me that we've never nuked a satellite in space. Somebody was like, yo, I have a great idea for how we could test this rocket. You don't even have to uh, worry about hitting anything on Earth. Just throw it up into space. Yeah, let's just chuck it into space. I think there was like a nuclear space ban because uh, the radioactive particles would end up precipitating oh, down to Earth. I actually, I did know that. Side note, I did Model UN in high school, and I remember one of the things that I did was like the peaceful uses of outer space. That's a UN committee, by the way, which is absurd. Um, cool, whatever, but I think I distinctly remember uh, no nukes in space because we actually talked about Kessler syndrome. We are like, how do we clean up space garbage? The person who was the representative from China in Model UN was like, well, we have a nuclear arsenal. Let's just melt everything. And I was like, um, no. No. That's, that's not a good idea. idea. So instead, we just said that we were going to shoot giant magnets into space and suck up all the metals onto the magnets and then just let the magnets chill there. Then you have big <laughs> space debris. Yeah, but at least it's one big target that you have to avoid and not like millions of tiny razor blades. Okay. All right. Anyway, so irresponsible ways. What are the like actual irresponsible ways of getting rid of a satellite? Well, it's just, as you said, fire a missile at it. Has that actually been done? That, that's been done a lot of times, and every time it's done, pretty much the entire space community is just like, that's awful, you're an idiot, stop, please. Wait, this actually happens? Yeah. People shoot satellites with rockets? Yeah. Uh, I guess if there, it's like a sensitive military satellite or something, they're like, we, we can't have anyone hacking into it, even if it's decommissioned or powered down, shoot it down. And then they don't don't worry about it. Okay, okay. Yeah, I get it. But I'm pretty sure crashing a satellite back into the Earth is arguably just as effective as shooting it out with a missile. Well, granted, it's probably not as much fun, right? Like, someone out there played a lot of Kerbal Space Program and was like, I want to do this in real life now. And then he did. I mean, oh, that's so that's so problematic. You basically make a hornet's nest of debris you you now went from having one giant target to avoid to millions of tiny razor blades that's literally the exact scenario we want to avoid and that's why everyone condemns it Who, who's done it who has done that oh uh i think most recently there was like a one from china and russia <sighs> yep okay part of me <laughs> thought that that was the answer you were going to give but part of me really didn't want to have that be the answer and now I'm sad that that's the answer. Yeah. Okay, so we either crash satellites back into the Earth, we push them out of sight and just kind of forget about them, or we blow them up. And those are all three ways to get rid of a satellite. I know this isn't exactly the point of this discussion, right? But I feel like it would be a real jerk move to be like, well, my satellite's about to crash, and I don't really much care for, let's pick a hypothetical country right now, Russia, I'm not going to crash my satellite back into Earth. I'm just going to ram it into theirs. Like, is that a thing that people do? Well, um... Because, I mean, that feels like it's a powder keg for a war, right? 
forget sanctions. Let's just take down their satellites. Like, we don't need this anymore. Yeah, like GlossNAS, the their version of GPS. Um, just take it down. You have GPS satellites. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm sure there's some, like, old, like, Cold War surveillance satellites that are just chilling out there. Like, let's just play pinball. Let's just really mess up someone's day. Now, granted, it's basically shooting it down with a missile. So from like a Kessler syndrome perspective, not a good idea. I think it is also specifically really hard because uh, the satellites, whether we track, we don't know their exact position. We just know like some uncertainty, like um, maybe 30 or 40 meters of where it is. So if you were to track it, you would just be like, okay, did it hit this time in its orbit? Nope. Uh, what about the other time? Nope. And the other time? <laughs> Whoa, you gotta be quicker than that. <laughs> Where do we go from here then? What 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 is the next step for humanity? Do we figure out ways of landing satellites like we I mean, Elon Musk made a retrievable rocket. Are there ever gonna be retrievable satellites? Oh, who knows? Maybe in the future, you know, SpaceX comes up with another, hey, let's you know those satellites we put up there? Let me just help you take them down. Ten million dollars, please. That's just good business. I mean, that's just capitalism at its finest. But that's my story of all the ways to get rid of old satellites that we don't want anymore. So what'd you think? I think that, well, A, I think that we're screwed as a civilization. That's just a general note. Um, satellites unrelated, I think just as a civilization, we're destined for the horrible, horrible futures. I think it's really cool. The thing that I'm more surprised by is we just like push satellites away. Right. Talk about like a security concern, right? Say you have a geostationary satellite. I mean, it's so far away, it's not practical to shoot that with a missile. So somewhere out there just chilling is probably like top secret confidential information. But again, they're kind of using like deep space, well, quote, deep space as a theft deterrent, right? Mm. Well, no one's going to swim to the bottom of the ocean and get this satellite back, so... The likelihood that they are going to fly to the outskirts of space and get that one back seems unlikely. But but you forget there's billionaires out there who are like gung-ho about being astronauts. So what happens on the day that Elon Musk becomes supreme ruler of everything and is like, I captured all of your satellites? Well, he turns into like an evil villain or something. Yeah. <laughs> I have in in a hundred and fifty years when this satellite crashes into this earth. Oh, it's gonna be a bad day. <laughs> That's super interesting. Thank you for sharing the story. I'm both intrigued and kind of confused all at the same time. Well, thanks for listening. I hope this is a, a turn from all the the horrible doom and gloom episode uh, uh, stories that I tell you about normally. Uh, in a way, I mean, this feels a little doom and gloom. I am slightly disappointed because I was hoping this was going to be like a Fukushima Daiichi kind of situation where we're just like, look at how awesome James Webb is. It's the perfect, like, golden child telescope. Oh, and there's Hubble over there. Ugh. Why can't you be more like your brother? Maybe that's the next episode when James Webb actually, like, comes online and starts doing really cool science. Maybe then we'll have an opportunity to talk about, like, how lame Hubble is. Oh, absolutely. I want to talk about James Webb so much, but I, I want to wait for the science to come out so that we know exactly what it's going to be able to do, and so it's not going to be, like, out of date or something. You know, how much of a flex would it be if one of the, like, scientists who is programming the James Webb Space Telescope just rickrolls everyone? No pictures of space. 
the only thing that James Webb produces is Rick Astley music videos. <laughs> That's like the biggest troll in human history. That would be the best April Fool's joke. We found this image of this crazy faraway star from James Webb. <laughs> oh, it's an image of a star, all right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> if you like this episode, please consider subscribing or following. We have some supplementary content on our Twitter, so be sure to follow us at More Abstract, and you can find more episodes wherever you get podcasts. Mm-hmm.